Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends of the dental business community. This is your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Thank you very much for joining us today. And I would also like to thank Colleen Huff, who is our featured guest. Colleen is the dental insurance coach, the president and owner of that organization. And she's very involved in the industry. She is one of my conference pals. And we like to hang out and discuss all things that are awesome and radical about dental insurance when we get together and, you know, kind of compare notes on different things that we're learning. And I have a lot of respect for Colleen. Um, Colleen, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Patrick. It's my pleasure. Thank you for coming on. And so, Colleen, for our listeners who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. You can start with a like, obligatory, how did I get into the dental industry? Or, or you can just jump into the, why am I such a badass dental insurance coach? It's up to, <laughs> totally up to you. So I've been in dental it's officially 29 years this past August. I started at MetLife in the call center in Utica, New York. There were no other jobs where I was living and MetLife was hiring. So I decided to give it a try. That's how I and, got in the industry um, too. Pardon me? That's kind of how I got in the industry too. Yeah. And <laughs> I was in, yeah, it was a risk. And we were one of the call centers and I was given the opportunity to have classroom training on dental insurance, which I've met only one other person in all the years I've been speaking and teaching around the country that had a similar experience. And so I spent almost four months in training, which is unusual. And then I spent another month sharing my desk and my space with another person until they had enough desks and phones because things in corporate don't always go according to plan. Mm -hmm. And I had my little cubicle for four whole days and my husband got transferred. And I was really not happy because I had all this dental info in my head and codes that I knew off the top of my head. And I really loved my job. I got paid to talk on the phone, which my husband was thrilled because somebody paid me to talk and not to him. And <laughs> so we moved to New Jersey and I had signed a non-compete and figured I couldn't go back into a dental insurance company, which I found out years later, no one would have cared. But And I started the offices themselves. And so I learned all the other parts of the dental office the way most of us do, which is, here you go, figure it out, and discovered how little anyone understood the legalities behind the contracts, the rules of insurance. Mm -hmm. And over the years, after working every aspect, including getting thrown into assisting, I moved back to the Buffalo area where I'm from originally and decided to manage, even though I really didn't know what I was doing and spent a number of years managing various practices. But all along the time, I wanted really, insurance was always my favorite part of it and started developing some courses, got involved with ADOM, the American Association of Dental Office Management, started my own local chapter. And from there, started speaking and teaching courses and consulting with offices. And in 2021, stepped out of practices full time. And I've been teaching and speaking and getting to go to conferences and hanging out with people like you, Patrick, and Sorry. learning what I didn't know because the insurance industry, as you know, changes hourly, if not daily and weekly. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing now. I have course on front office rocks, a mastery course. I do in-office consulting as well as speaking at local and national conventions. Gotcha. And podcasts like this. <laughs> wow. Well, we're, yeah, we're, th we're thrilled to have you. To you, like, because we speak the same language, I can't yep. tell you how much that like people say to me, especially the providers out there, the docs. They're like, "Oh, Pat, I don't. I get about twenty percent of what you're talking about, maybe, yes. you know." And I'm like, well, "I've known you for eight years," and they're like, "That's why it's twenty percent. Used to be like five percent, <laughs> you know." And I'm like, and "I try, like, I, I don't think I slip into Portuguese. I don't, no, you know." And yeah. I really try to use analogies a lot, but I, I get it. I think. There's only, I, you know, if I hadn't grown up in dental insurance, maybe it wouldn't be my, you know, my go-to topic. And I empathize with your husband. My wife also does not want me to talk about dental insurance ever for yep. any reason, you know? So it's like, if you come over to our house and you're having dinner and you're like, well, because nobody knows exactly what I do, right? Nobody. And they're, you know, out there in the, in the, in the 
real world. And they're like, well, they just know I do something with dentists, right? And so mm -hmm. it's probably the same thing for you. Yeah. yeah. And so you ever have somebody at your dinner table and they're like, oh, you know, I would go to the dentist, but I don't have the dental insurance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm like, stop, time out. All right. You <laughs> and me outside right now. Let me explain yeah. this to you. It makes my wife very upset. <laughs> I'm becoming the go-to person for my um, parents to help them decide their medical advantage plans because I can dig through the medical as well as the dental because of learning how to dig through the dental. And so that's turned into my role with the parents as they get older and don't understand it. Amen. And trying to do that, that is definitely even worse. I do it with uh, mine as well. And, yeah. but do yours like Medicare. Oh man. When you start digging into the medical and that, and then you're like, give me your prescriptions. And then what do you think you're going to need? You know, like, with Medicare, they're supposed to have somebody that's walking them through it, you know, yeah. but they still want to have somebody that they know and trust, which like I mm -hmm. can understand. That's what I want too, right? Yes. But especially if it's a subject that sounds like a foreign language. So you've done a lot. That's a lot of initiative. And so I'm just curious, like, as I've, I'm, you know, I'm from the dental insurance industries, like I've never ran a dental practice. So if I got in there, I would be like, all right, so the insurance is tight. Now what? You know, but there's a lot more that happens. Like you have to, you know, I, you know, I can tell people how to answer the phones with a smile, but they're like, I've never presented at a treatment plan in my life. And like dental assisting, like, I have no idea, like any of that. Like, would you just learn on the fly there? A typical most dental offices. Yeah. We tend to um, throw people into the fire as I like to call it. And so some of my goal with my own consulting is to stop that, stop the bleeding and not training people properly. So yeah, most offices, unless they, you know, assistants may have gone to school, but they'll still throw somebody back there if they're desperate. I learned treatment planning and all of that. I had some really great offices that I first worked with that taught me some of the skills of how to present, um, but I had to learn the clinical part of it. I had to learn the clinical terminology, the same as um, those that don't know dental insurance had to learn the dental insurance terminology. And so my goal has been to help people break it down and understand it so they're doing it properly and not doing anything illegal, which there's a lot of that, even though they don't realize it. The number of times that I go in and do a training and they don't realize that they're not following their contract is amazing to me. The number of doctors who just sign them as associates and don't even read them yeah, is yeah. the majority. The vast, um, vast majority. The last office I worked at, she's the only dentist I know that when I handed her a contract, she handed it back with sticky notes and questions. She's the only one. Yeah, I can count on one hand. And I've talked to, I don't know, thousands, if not tens yep. of thousands. You know, it's, you know, I guess to be fair, they're like, well, that's what we hire you. So you read it. I'm like, yeah, right. but you still have to execute, right? And then all Correct. of your folks need to understand that, you know, like a, a really good example is, it, you know, the Medicare fraud, waste and abuse. I'm like, you, you realize that you need to do fraud, waste and abuse training. And they're like, well, never heard of that. You know, that is one of the biggest themes on Facebook recently. I don't know if you've seen those. I'm twitching every time I see it. The number of people that keep saying, well, I'm out of network, it doesn't matter. Or they don't understand that any claim form you send in out of network, I don't care if you're touching any of those plans. Fraud, waste, abuse is part of it, and it's the whole team. It's not just the front. They changed that, oh, good gosh, back in, I think, 2008 or nine. It mm -hmm. used to be it was just the administrative, then it became the administrative and the doctor, then it became the whole team. But it's been around, and mm -hmm. I, it, it's scary how few people, and the answer is, well, they never told me. Well, the reality is they one of them probably did. You just didn't catch it in that newsletter that you threw out because you didn't read it, or the email that came through or you missed whatever postcard, but and again, it's on the webpage and it's, it's, yeah. and there's an attestation that you're going to have to fill out. Right. Yeah. So they don't buy that anymore. Um, yeah. And for our listeners, who don't know what fraud, waste and abuse training is. It's part of Medicare and it's mandated and it's a class. And it's not that long, but uh, in short, it's don't rip off old people. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and don't steal stuff. Right. So, right. Pretty common sense. But at the very least, you take a class and you can't say you didn't know. And, and you have to do it every year. It's mandatory it, every, year. It every year. It's free. It's every year. 
Yeah, like every, every insurance year. company offers it, right? You just go to the website and take it. Well, either that or you can go to, if anybody ever wants to email me, I can send them a link. There's a link with, there's two trainings. They take about an hour and a half that CMS has a training link for free also. But yeah, most of your insurance companies, if you're doing it, will send you a link. If you go on most of the websites of those that offer the Medicare plans, the Medicare Advantage plans, they'll have it. But even if you're out of network, if you bill it, you have to do it. You have to do that training whether you're accepting the assignment or not. And that's where the misunderstanding comes in. They don't care if you're getting the payment or not. You've taken payment from a patient in one form or another. So you have to do the training. Right. And the, so there's a lot of confusion right now. I was on a a webinar for the Georgia Dental Association last week. And I was like, listen, uh, remember the whole, you know, you opt in, opt out or do nothing at all that they've been, they tried to do for 10 years. So basically, never mind. You're all in, all of you. And they're like, what? Yes. Yeah. So you're well, all in. You're either, it doesn't matter whether you're in or out. 20, 2000, 2022, January of 2022, they changed it. You didn't have to opt in or out. You just can bill it. Right. And so what does this mean to our listeners? Medicare Advantage, all right, which is Part C, not traditional Medicare. Traditional Medicare still covers the same, you know, not much really on dental that as always, but Medicare Advantage, which is through private insurers, think Humana, United Healthcare, Blue Cross, they have Medicare Advantage plans, which are Medicare, everything that's in the traditional Medicare, plus an advantage. And that could be a gym membership. It could be, I don't know, special shoes sneakers something orthotic shoes but what people really love dental insurance and so they want dental benefits because the baby boomers have been they're used to having it and they're just they need they want the the dental insurance right and so the plans used to be really awful uh, because of adverse selection but now they're pretty good and i mean shockingly good like awesome and so this is a real something to look at. And so, but what I hear all the time is we opted out. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. And they're like, what? I'm like, so, so how do you explain that to folks? Cause I have my well, own way, but I don't know if I'm getting through. So the reality is whether you're, I just tell them about the change in the law. You don't have to be opted in or opted out to build the plans. They're more of a traditional standalone dental plan. And that's what people don't understand And I keep hearing, oh, they're opting me in. I don't want to be in it. And my question to that is why? If you're accepting that fee schedule for your traditional plans, why you would want to turn away your seniors is beyond me if you're getting the same fees. And in Mm -hmm. some cases, they're giving better fees. So I would look at them. But I also explained to them, even if you choose, let's say you were going to see them as a fee-for-service patient, you don't want to accept it. You're not going to do anything with it you have to then have them sign that being seen as a private patient. So there's still paperwork with it. You can be out of network and still bill for the patient. And there's typically out of network benefits with most of these plans. And so add to that, we have a new layer of the fraud, or the No Surprises Act and the Good Faith Estimate Act has added another level of Even if you're out of network and they don't have out of network benefits, you still have to have them sign forms stating they're being seen and they understand they're at an out-of-network dentist. So there's a lot that goes with this. You know, I saw something the other day, I'm going to opt out. That's lovely, but there's still paperwork even if you're opted out. We have to be transparent with the seniors of what their insurance is and how they're getting billed. And so I just try to explain to everybody, you think of them more as a traditional plan and stop thinking Medicare when you hear it, because that's Mm -hmm. basically what they are. And it doesn't necessarily follow the same rules as Medicare. They follow the rules that traditional plan has decided. And that's where some of the confusion comes in too. So how often do you see somebody's like, well, I'm just going to opt out and that you're, you're like, opt out of what? Right. right? Yeah. So are you opting out of Humana? Are you opting out of Cigna? Because right. these are all different contracts now. Just because you sign one doesn't mean you're in network with everybody. And some of them are not going to let you right, opt out. So I haven't heard that. Actually, there is always the option. If you're, let's say you're Cigna and they come into your area or 
United Healthcare with a Medicare Advantage plan. Yes, you can choose not to be part of that plan. But again, it doesn't make any sense to me unless you have this huge population that you think is going to add thousands of patients at a fee schedule you don't like. I don't, I personally think it's ones you should be looking at over others to take care of the people that have been with your office for 10, 20 years that are now aging. Like you said, the boomers, there's 10,000 people turning 65 every day, every day, every day, the percentage and the numbers, 95% of the Medicare Advantage plans have at least clean it preventive to it, or 96% have preventive 95% as of this year are offering a comprehensive that covers something towards fillings, root canals, bridges, partials, dentures. So it really just doesn't make sense to me to stay out of network with those plans. Uh, I, I, you know, I concur. I think it's really ageism or I think it's a misunderstanding of, well, then that puts me into Medicare and it's going to tie me to the national Medicare rate, which would be one of my concerns if that was true, but it's just like your private pay contract. So it's no different than, you know, let's use Humana just as an example, right? And and they're going to have a group business, so they're not going to mind anyway. You know, but if you have a Humana employer group and it follows a certain fee schedule, then the Humana Medicare is going to follow the same fee schedule. And this is a national show. And so Humana is not big in medical in a lot of places, but they are in Medicare. In fact, New York would be a very good example, right? Buffalo, New York. Humana doesn't have any real employers up there, but they have Medicare, right? Actually, strangely enough, Humana is one of the smallest in our area. United Healthcare, Liberty are two of the biggest, and also United Concordia through Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Humana is coming into the area slowly. They're downstate. They're slowly making their way this way. Mm. But their fee schedules are amazing. I had an office that was in a different county than me uh, that they were offering it. When I saw the fee schedule, I was like, sign up for this now. You know, this is just, they were looking for dentists. They had a, a very... I think it was no more than 10 to 15% off of their regular fees. Yeah. Sometimes different insurance companies, full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, I did used to work at Humana, but I no longer do work at Humana. Okay. Um, so I can still say whatever I want, um, but I did work there. It was, it's been a while. So at least 10 years. At any rate, every insurance company goes through cycles. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're giving away the candy is what I call it, for lack of a better term. And other times they're, you know, they got the, sh- the door shut and the lights off. You know, you're not, they're not giving you anything. And so right now, if they are giving away the candy, then you should. As always, because the insurance companies, all, all my friends, like to listen to the show, I will caveat by saying it's important to note that having the highest fee schedule in the world it's not going to make a ton of difference if they can't actually put patients in the chairs. So Correct. there's always a balance. But, you know, if they're giving away the candy and you like candy, it's, uh, nothing wrong with taking it. So, but but that's a really good example. And there's, and Medicare is very fragmented still. Like there's definitely the big players, but you mentioned like Liberty. Liberty's a pretty big player. And they're going to be popular in pockets, but there's definitely, there's regional plans in upstate New York. There's regional plans everywhere, right? That are, and so they are trying to put dental in there, but the dental plans, it used to be awful. And that's what the complaint is beyond the compliance part of it. The other part of it was, you know, you would have seniors show up and they're like, I got the Medicare. And I would think they're going to get some dentures and all this stuff. And they're like, buddy, you can get a parapical in six months and uh, that's it. And you can get right. it. We'll extract one of your teeth and, and, you know, eight months or something. And so the plans were very sparse because of adverse selection, because the underwriters didn't know how to incorporate that in. Now with the insurance industry has gotten much more savvy and so now some of the plans that we are, are seeing are like $2,000 allowances and it's like zero copay, like whatever, if it's covered, it's covered, right? They're not paying anything, you know, up to $2,000, sometimes more, which is insanely good, you know, for dental insurance. So yeah. I would, go ahead. Are I was going to say, I was at, when I was speaking at Ada, Humana had a, I forget what part of the country, one of the people at the, because I gave a course on the Medicare Advantage. She said they had $4,000, no out-of-pocket wow. from a Humana plan for dental in their area. That's awesome. 
Good job, mm-hmm. Humana. Shout out to yeah. Michelle Hart. You know, so Humana's making ways and they're making a one big move into Medicare. That's why they're like, you know, the commercial business or the private employer business. They are unfortunately getting out uh, as a Humana customer and a small business in the metro Atlanta region. I'm not too pleased that my choices are getting less and not more with them leaving the market. So, but they got to do what's right for their investors and, and shareholders. What other plans have you seen have you seen any other ones and is this what you're hearing is like mostly you're having people show up because it's open enrollment period so i think the plans got better incrementally over Mm -hmm. the past couple years and so they're probably getting some good plans but next year will be like bam almost all of them are good plans so what do you think about that is there yeah i think i think they hit really well this past year in our area united healthcare was the first to do a good comprehensive plan and as i like to say i went into my boss's office and called it about four years ago and you you just you watch they're all going to finally catch on and Mm -hmm. they're this area they all have something that is offered that is you know they're they're two to three thousand dollars they may have a rolling maximum which is one of the fun parts to keep track of in an office so they add they start with 500 and slowly add or start with 1,000 and slowly add. But they do that, having had some friends in high places and local insurances, they do that so that if a senior adds one that's costing them 25 or $30 a month, they have the option to drop it if it doesn't, if they don't have the funds to keep it going. So instead of giving them $3,000 in January, they slowly increment up to it. Mm-hmm. So that they have the ability to keep up with the payments. So there's kind of a give and take, which for in a dental office is a logistical nightmare. But the reasoning behind it, I thought, made sense of making sure that seniors didn't get into something they couldn't afford. I agree with that, the rationale. And mm-hmm. I will say it's also a pain to uh, keep tra- track of that on the other side. Oh, well. I'm sure it is. Yes. <laughs> so it's you know but you know creative i like the creativeness and i like mm-hmm. the the concern for the price sensitivity of mm-hmm. seniors right because it's not like yep. they're working so we ha- we have the fun with medicare advantage which i'm sure you're talking about a lot what other big topics are coming up when you're you know at ADOM meetings or traveling one A big one I'm getting asked a lot lately is outsourcing the benefits or even the overall full revenue cycle. Mm-hmm. Offices are having a hard time hiring, having a hard time maintaining enough uh, team members to do, a, you know, make sure you're getting a good breakdown, make sure your person entering knows what they're doing. They're not writing off things they shouldn't. And so I get asked a lot about outsourcing. Um, so, so let's hold on. So let's just for the simple folk here is in like i'll raise my hand and john ray's raising his hand too thanks john the (laughs) the we have insurance breakdowns outsourcing insurance breakdowns right and Mm -hmm. which is where you verify and you're like okay well you got 180 50 plan like where's the oral surgery is it split have they met their deductible yet who's on the plan what's the effective date do they have a missing tooth clause blah 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 right? right so you have that and then you have you know, I think revenue cycle management is a much broader term. So let's mm-hmm. then categorize and define that. So they're looking at, there's companies out there that will be the ones to enter your insurance payments. So they keep track of your electronic funds transfer, your EFTs. And then another step beyond that might even be billing of the patients. So your complete beginning to end of your accounts receivables from your insurance breakdowns to your entering of private payments as well as insurance payments to billing the patient. And there's every version thereof that people are trying to outsource so that it's not a burden to those that are in the office trying to take care of the patients face-to-face. The negative that I'm seeing with that is there are great companies out there, Mm -hmm. but a lot of offices think, oh, great, then no one in the office has to know insurance. And that's not the case. They still have to understand what's being put in as a breakdown or else they're not going to give accurate treatment plans because they're not going to understand to look for a missing tooth clause or if there's a wait time or something like that. And so there's this 
disconnect sometimes that happens of I'm just going to outsource and have hands off. And mm-hmm. so I always like to tell offices, it's not a bad thing because they're not going to get pulled to go assist. They're not pulled to work the front desk when they're supposed to be checking insurances. But you still have to have a point person who has a clue um, that's keeping an eye on it, being accurate to what your office needs. And your whole team still has to understand what's being put in the computer and what the insurances are, or else you're going to still be giving bad information. Right. And then it's who's watching the watchers sort of to me, like I'm going to let my entire revenue that as an owner, but as a business owner myself, Mm -hmm. you know, like I have a bookkeeper and I have an accountant. I have other five folks that are watching to make sure for me to handle, hand all of that stuff over to, you know, somebody that I don't know. And mm-hmm. a, a team that may or may not be where I can drive and look them in the eyeball mm-hmm. would make me nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just, I'm raising an eyebrow as a, a business owner. If I'm going to have a bookkeeper, I'm going to make sure that I can get, I have access to that individual and I can go find them. And, you know, as they like to say here in Georgia, you know, look in the eye. Um, that's a nice way of saying i'm gonna come find you and i'll be armed if i need to be not putting words in anybody's mouth of course but it's uh different down here anyways the so number one that would kind of make me nervous but let's so let's start with uh, you know i jumped ahead to the rcm sorry um let's go back to the insurance benefit verification because there's probably like that's your more like step one like I'm putting mm-hmm. my toe in the water, right? Right. So let's talk about that part first. You know, so you still got to understand it to your point on either one, but what's the uh, what's the positives and negatives of doing that? So the positives are the insurance breakdowns are probably the most time-consuming part of any office. We need a good breakdown in the computer to give accurate treatment plans to collect the right money so that we're not having to bill people. Patients are happier when they know what they're paying but it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. There are companies out there. There's a race to whoever's going to be able to get you the breakdown and write it back into the practice management system. It'll be interesting to see who wins that race. A lot of companies say, Hey, yeah, we have them. It's great. I'm going to give it to you as a PDF. Well, that doesn't help me with my computer system. Someone still has to put it in. So there's, but there's real pluses to that being taken off as a burden to your administrative team, especially if you're having high turnover or you don't have experienced people in that seat yet, you can outsource it to someone who should be trained and have that experience to know the difference between a plan paying at a PPO and a plan paying at reasonable and customary and know how to put that into your system. That's, you know, the websites have gotten better. You can get most of the information you need from a website, but not all of it. I was at the summit for a company called SkyGen last week and ended up taking Therese's place on a, on a panel uh, that was discussing the communication between the insurance companies in the office. And I said, give us a good website and we're happy. We don't want to call you. We don't want to sit on hold any more than you want us calling in. But the people that are going to be interpreting what's in that computer and putting it into a treatment plan or walking a patient out has to understand it also. So eventually they still have to be trained. But the plus is it can take 20 minutes for one good breakdown, you know? So this time of year, you're really just checking to see if they're still eligible, but come January, it's all hands on deck for those breakdowns. And it's new plans and new year. And is, do we have implants covered now? There's a lot of work to it. And so that can be something that when you're having staffing issues, outsource, but you have to really vet who's doing it. And you still have to have someone spot checking them because it needs to be done with what you need. You know, even the best of companies are going to take you a month or two to get them to where you want them. It's no no different than hiring a new employee. You have to have someone who's checking it. Are they giving you what your practice needs? Every practice has different things they're looking for. And so having a good breakdown is going to make you know, as Laura Nelson likes to say, garbage in, garbage out. It has to be good going in for the treatment plans and the rest of that process regarding money with your patients for it to be good. Gotcha. One of the things that puzzle me sometimes, I'm like, 
I mean, if I had a dollar for every time some, you know, insurance coordinator, even an office manager that are like, oh, I've been doing insurance for 20 years, Pat. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Do you have an insurance okay. license? No. You ever worked in an insurance company? No. And then I just say simply, I'm just like, listen to John Wright would say this too, you know. Actually, I'm not going to pick on him here. Uh, I'm, <laughs> let's just call it Susie. Right? Susie's like, look, I've been doing insurance for 20 years. You know, Patrick O'Rourke, O'Rourke. And I'm like, yeah, well, I've been driving a car for 20 years, too. Uh, it doesn't mean I can pull the transmission out and put it back in successfully, you know, right down the road. Sure. Um, and I've been paying taxes for 20 years, too. I don't do my own taxes, right? So mm -hmm. this is one of the things like so. But if I'm a doctor how the hell does the doctor know whether that person knows what they're talking about when they don't know what what we even want questions to ask like it sounds like they know what they're talking about but well they? that's where you have to either have someone in the office that does know insurance that's doing the the watching over them you have to have that one person or i've had offices hire me to help them set that up and then make sure that the front is trained to the right to what you need i've helped with that transition turnover of okay you have two new people at your front they don't even know what they're asking let me help connect you with the right people and then we'll go from there you know and i'm very picky with who i'll work with there's some companies i've worked with that did not work out for me there's companies that i would like to work with that weren't doing breakdowns yet they strictly did the entering of the payments that are starting to expand but i keep watching and there are good systems sometimes doing the automated if you can train someone how to put the right info in so you need somebody that's to be it's still fragmented so you, you still really need to have an expert that's absolutely going, okay well what pieces do you have and what pieces do you need correct right yeah. so yeah. well god bless you for doing that work because you're the first person i've met that does that yeah i'll do that um <laughs> that's pretty awesome the not saying the, it's fun but i'll do that <laughs> yeah i might see <laughs> Uh, is anything what we do fun you know yeah. I mean, sometimes there's champagne yeah. you know yeah. and some confetti and paparazzi and limo rides but <laughs> um, not, not, not a lot where's the limo ride i've missed that one <laughs> I, that's what i heard about maybe that's only okay. Teresa duncan maybe she gets the limo rides <laughs> and the rest of us wearing the the uber comfort <laughs> if we're lucky you yeah. know if, if we're lucky I took a cab the other day actually when i was in san diego because there's a whole line i was like i could walk over there to the uber these folks were they're just like so i just hopped in the cab it wasn't that bad so shout out to the cabbies of san diego there you go. so sky gin had you over there and they were having yep. i heard they throw some nice parties too they always have Ooh. some good stuff you should come just to try to get an invite to sky gen next year it's a lot of fun i love sky gen very much yeah. i do so sky gen if you're listening give me a shout Maybe yeah. we'll have you on the show and then you could tell all the people out there in dental business land what you guys do and why you're amazing because you certainly are. Um, now, so we have the insurance benefits verification. All right. And then I like what you said. So there's kind of a race going on. Right? I'm watching mm -hmm. it, too. And I'm, if you're not like, aren't you going to throw your hat in the race? And I'm like, I like <laughs> it much better in the grandstand, baby. <laughs> I'm right up here. Um, yeah, I've been getting told this for three years, though, so. I'll, yeah. I'll believe it when it shows up. It, it, it'll happen. It's, it's just close. Yeah. I think yeah. it's close. So then we have our RCM. So is any is there any other different advice or anything, other criteria that a practice owner or a dentist or an oral surgeon should think about when they're evaluating RCM, whether they should do RCM outsourcing or if they are going to do it, then what should they think about? The biggest thing that I would tell anybody is if you're going to accept the electronic funds, the EFTs, you have to have a checks and balances that what is actually in your bank is what's getting put into your computer and you have to have ways to double check that. And there are systems I can teach on that. There are ways to do it, but you have to make sure that you're double checking it because mistakes happen. And there's mm -hmm. times where you might get a check in a payment into the account that you never see an EOB and vice versa. It's usually at the very beginning of signing up for them, but it happens. But you also have to make sure you have good checks and balances that you're looking at, that your accountant is looking at, that someone besides your front desk who's doing it is another set of eyes. Because no matter who you are, I don't care if it's physical checks, electronic funds, credit cards, 
that's always part of the system that should be happening. There should be always someone with a second set of eyes. Number one, we're human. We make mistakes. And number two, it's your best course to keep from embezzlement. And I'm hearing, I've talked to others out there that, that do embezzlement that are trying to tell doctors not to do the EFTs because they're seeing it as a way that people can embezzle. But I have developed some checks and balances to make that not happen. I think the EFTs, they have to do at this point. Insurance companies are pushing towards that. They're taking longer to pay if you do a paper check or they mm -hmm. send you those credit cards that you're paying stupidly high rates on because you're keying it in. But you have to make sure you have checks and balances. I don't care whether you're doing it in-house or you outsource. There has to be another set of eyes that are looking at that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. So I would think that would cut down on it. So we had David Harris, Prosperity mm -hmm. on the show. So if you want more of that, listeners, and didn't hear it, just go back to the, the you know po Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to him. But he was very reluctant to describe mm -hmm. like how people were embezzling, you know? Right. And so I was like, I wasn't trying to get ideas. I was just curious. And so what you're saying is mm, it's, it could be good, but you, you just need to have eyes on it. So again, if you need a process and a system in place, right? Yep. You, and so calling helps your girl for that. Do not call Patrick O'Rourke. All right. <laughs> I'll well, tell and... you, I, I, I had my advice for what to do with people with steel. <laughs> we don't want to hear that, do we? It's, a, it's probably not what David would have said. I, I He thought it was funny. I put it on I'm the sure show. I'm sure he did. Yeah, the biggest, you know, it's no different than physical checks. You had checks and balances when there's physical checks. My, the first office that I went electronic, the second office I went electronic with, she needed, she was the hands-on dentist. So she needed it done in a way that she understood. And so it forced me to develop what I now feel is the best way to double check. And it's, you have to be willing to give access to those EFTs, whether you print them yourself and send them to the person or they have view only access of that account, but they have to account for everything and keep track of it. And there's ways to do that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's no different than your bank when you did it as a check and you had those lovely, you know, two and three page deposits on a Monday, you had to add it up. It had a match and you had to show it to the doctor. It's the same idea. It's just a different, it's not a physical check to us. Right. Okay. So I have maybe a follow-up question and I'm going to ask it. So when you're calling an insurance company and you're on hold, it says, this is not a guarantee of benefits. And when you, even Correct. if you get a pre D it's going to say, this is not a guarantee of benefits because listen, to be fair, the insurance industry, they don't know that person could have got a crown to this morning. Right. And so right. that's why it's there. It's not there to, to put one over. I promise you out there in listener land, it's really, it has to do with just the timing of claims and then they come back and what's in their system, et cetera. Right. They're not clairvoyant or omniscient. Correct. And so see, I'm being fair to all of my colleagues over there. <laughs> and so the, are you finding that it, is there more or less of stuff that has to be fixed because of that type of issue? Now so that everything's the, super fast with our EFTs. I think uh, with the EFTs, there's less that has to be fixed if you're checking it the right way. The plus is the systems, a lot of them have an electronic EOB that can come through your practice management system that can auto-populate right onto the account. So there's less work. So there's less chance of keying in a number wrong or backwards. There's less human error. If you're using all of the electronic abilities of your practice management system, the, what's called an ERA, which is the electronic remittance advice, which is the electronic version of an EOB, a lot of them will import it right in. So you can click a button, it does all the work for you. So in theory, it should be more accurate and we should have less mistakes happening. But again, if you're not double checking it, you can still have errors. So an ERA is electronic remittance, remittance advice. advice. I don't know right. why they call it advice. It's it's not really advice unless they're advising me how much they paid, I guess. <laughs> I'm not really wow. sure. Yeah, we just we like acronyms in the insurance business. So Yes, we do. But, but basically, it's a virtual EOB. Correct. Right. Now, can I see a PDF or a copy of what would have been an EOB or is it just mm -hmm. a bunch of code and numbers? No, there's 
there's in fact the plus to a lot of them is it'll import now in a lot of systems directly into the patient's account that EOB or ERA. Right. That would have come in the mail. Stop. But you can see it. It comes electronically. Right. And, but it looks, you can tell this is what, how the claim got adjudicated. This Correct. is the fees that were submitted on yes. this day for this patient. And these are the contracted fee. Here's the submitted fees. Here's the contracted fees. Mm-hmm. And here's how it was adjudicated. Right. Here's where the dedu- deductible is applied. And then if it was guardian and we were using, uh, you know, somebody else's fee schedule, it says utilizing their fee schedule. Correct. In some cases, it's easier to go to the website. Some of them don't read as clear. I'll be honest. There's some that I still would go to the website just because of the way it comes it's comes through. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, it's telling you what they owe. It's telling you what they paid. It's telling you the electronic remittance, the, the EFT number, which is basically a check number, all of that. Interesting. Well, I just learned something. So thank you, Colleen. I will say, yeah, the best part of them, the example I always gave, because I did this years ago when I was in an office that was a Medicaid-based practice. Mm -hmm. And Medicaid, when they switched to these back in 2011, and I jumped on board as soon as I could. And I went from what used to take me three hours down to 15 minutes to enter a bulk check because it auto-populates it for you. That's awesome. Time saving wise, especially if you're a Medicaid practice and they offer this, or you're a practice that has a bulk, you know, deltas, a lot of deltas or something that you get large checks from. Who are they? Delta? Yeah, Delta does a lot of. Is that a big insurance company? They're they're a little bit one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some people have heard of them. Not everybody, though. I know. (laughs) John Ray's falling asleep over there. So I don't know if he's heard of them. He's like Delta Airlines. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I like listen. Delta Airlines. <laughs> oh, so do I. I like Delta Airlines too. So, but uh, Dental Delta Dental, one of the innovative Delta does dental only. So they're very sophisticated in their adjudication and with their technology. I would assume would this be a safe assumption? I would think so. Yeah, they have one of the better websites. That's most of the deltas. I shouldn't say all of them, but most of them have some of the better websites too. I had the privilege of helping when they were doing some beta testing and asking some of us in the industry to give our opinion. And Delta, Pennsylvania, I was part of that opinion giving and they actually listened. So I. Well, kudos to you, Delta. Still not sure how I ended up on it, but I got asked by, I knew someone, I shouldn't say, I do know. I knew someone that worked there and they knew I was opinionated, I guess. So. They sent in my name. <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. And I would like to thank Delta Dental of California for buying Colleen and I lunch along with Teresa yes. and the California Dental Health Services. The entire team was there. Now, I don't think you guys, Delta, to be fair, were just buying it for us. But it was for everybody there. But yeah. I still want, just wanted to give you a genuine, if you nice. buy me food, yes. And I want to say <laughs> thank you very much. Free t-shirts also make me happy for some reason. I don't know why. All right. So this, I've learned a lot about the insurance benefit verification. Why do it? Why not do it? We're running out of time here. I think we could probably go forever here, Colleen. (laughs) Um, This, one of the things that we were talking about was the trend everywhere you go. It's like, hey, let's get out of network. Just become fee-for-service only. If you buy our, you know, our marketing plan or our, our membership plan or whatever, I don't know. Like, I don't follow all the rabbit holes because I don't have the time nor patience to do so. Um, but clearly, this is not just a, a, like a, a portion of the country. I see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. You see it everywhere, right? So what? If any, commentary would you offer on that? So I think I think the 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 reason for it is the overhead in dental practices with the lack of dental hygiene hygienists out there as well as hiring has raised the payrolls in all these offices to a, a much higher level in three years than you'd ever see before. And I honestly think that the insurance company's increasing of the fee schedules has not caught up and offices are are losing on average in some cases 40 and 50% off of their full fee. And they're just finding that they can't survive. 
they can't continue to pay what they need to pay. And so they're looking for options. And that's where some of the option is coming from. Unfortunately, there's also this thought process of if I go out of network, I never have to worry about insurance again. And that's where I want to tell them they're wrong because in or out of network, you still have to understand if the insurance is going to pay something for that patient. If you're going to ask them to come to you as not a network dentist, I still feel that you need to do that homework. Because if I'm going to come to you because you say you're fabulous, even if you're not in my network, I still need to know if I'm going to get some money back. And mm -hmm. there's been an increase in the the EPO plans, which are the um, the exclusive provider organization, which is a hybrid of the DMO and the PPO. And people don't realize that if those spring up in your area, out of network, you can't see them because they're going to pay nothing. And patients are not going to go with somewhere that they're going to get nothing. So I caution everyone when they start saying, oh, I'm just going to go out of network and think life is going to be all rosy. That's not always the case. You have to do your homework and you have to know your area and your patient base. And can you survive on losing X number of patients and still keep moving forward? Um mm -hmm. And I also say that's where talking to somebody like you and maybe seeing if they can get some negotiation going to bring those fees up is also another, you know, option. I think there needs to be some catch up from the insurance companies, and I'm sure they're going to hate me for saying that, but they need to bring some of these fees up. They can't continue to ask someone to work for 50% of their normal fee. I concur. Practice overhead is, is exploded and now all of a sudden fees are going down. Well, mm -hmm. you know, is this cost of living going down? No, it's gone up. Right. So, you know, I, I'll i just say this because I have one more question before John Ray pulls a plug on us is mm -hmm. the don't make an emotional decision. Correct. And because I can tell you, I've gotten many calls from folks that, you know, just pulled there, you got upset or they listened to something, you know, that their peers did, or they thought that they did. And then they pulled all of the contracts out. And then all of a sudden there's empty operatories and everybody's sitting around twiddling their thumbs. And then mm -hmm. now it's panic mode. Right. It, you do not want to be there because there's no. nothing anybody can do. Right. And then you're coming at hat in hand to the insurance companies. Well, they remember, right. <laughs> that oh, yeah. you just told them to pound sand a, a year ago. Now, one of the other things where I am trying to talk to some clients and I say, listen, this is a really good fee schedule. This carrier is trying to be fair. They want you to be, they want to be a business partner, et cetera. What I am hearing is from many practices is they're like, well, we don't have anybody to verify benefits. And so going back to what we were talking about at first, and I think I mentioned this in California, I said, you know, we're having you know, they're like, we don't have anybody. We don't have, we don't have an insurance coordinator. Like we don't, we just don't verify benefits. And I'm like, you don't. So I don't know how normal that is or, or, or it's not like, I don't know. I can just tell you that even when we get, you know, attractive terms from quality business partners, i.e., you know, insurance companies that have good reputations uh, for treating the provider community fairly. Uh, and we recommend them the, the client is still like, well, we can't take it, take on. And so what would you say to the smaller practices that don't have, you know, they have an outsourced insurance and they don't have an insurance coordinator. What do they do? I think at that point you can train your team to sort of do a, what I call a, a short version of a breakdown, even in that you can maybe train somebody and teach them. You can most software has a real-time eligibility button that you can at least find out if the patient's eligible. And you, if you, even if you put your basic, your percentages in, your maximum, your deductible, and have a PDF that you can look up the rest of it, you can still function in network. You know, you may want to hire a college student to do it for you two, three times a week, you know, some, but get them trained on what they're looking at so they're putting it in correctly. You know, many offices work without an insurance coordinator, but the front desk handles those things. Um, or you might want to look into outsourcing, you know, there have someone help you with the outsourcing decision and hook you up with someone that can do it. You know, there are do it in a way that's going to work for your office, but you have to get the breakdown. So you're just going to be chasing money. 
you're going to have somebody come in that hands you a card and everybody thinks they're covered and no one's going to, and everybody's just going to assume it's there. And now you're chasing down thousands of dollars because there's nothing, you know, if nothing else, figure out from your software, that real-time eligibility button and do a, a shortened version of a breakdown. That's good. That's good advice. We're going to leave it there and might come back and pick it up another day real soon. Sure. Uh, this has been a, an awesome show, Colleen. Thank you very much for coming on. Now, if people do would like your counsel specific to their practice, how do they reach you? Uh, it's real easy to find me. My uh, website is ColleenHuff.com and or they can email me at dentalinsurancecoach at gmail.com. Uh, pretty simple. They can find me on Facebook also. there's I have a Colleen Huff Dental Insurance Coach Facebook page. I have months that I'm very active on it and other months that I will be honest, I'm still working at being better at it, but those are the main easiest ways to reach me. <laughs> hey, I feel like I lose three hours of my life every time I open up Facebook. So <laughs> I, I'm working on it. I'm trying, you know, I don't, for our listeners, if you, you can reach me on there, practice quotient and I do have a page, but it's mainly so I can talk smack to my mom and share pictures of my kids. <laughs> yeah. That's really what I do. And I, and Instagram. Are you on Instagram? I'm not. I got locked out and I'm still trying to get it reopened. I am on Twitter at Colleen Huff Dent. Instagram, I'm still fighting with them. They locked me out when I got hacked and I still can't get back in. So it's someday I'll get it figured out when I have time. <laughs> we never have time. That will never happen. Because yeah. I was you, gone for, for seven days last week. I don't even know which way is up. Uh, you you got to find a college kid to do that. Two oh. different time zones. I do. Yeah. By the way, colleges, if you're listening to this, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, so if you have college kids that want to do insurance verifications, and please let me know. But also if they want to be uh, an intern. There you go. And learn all the cool stuff like Colleen and Patrick, then let us know. So with that, I would like to thank on the wheels of steel our producer dj john ray and the atlanta north or north fulton business radio x and the business radio x family i'd also like to thank our sponsors which would be me patrick o'rourke you can find me at pat underscore j underscore o'rourke o-r-o-u-r-k-e on the gram like i said about the facebook but i'm also on linkedin you also you know you didn't accept my linkedin invitation so i did no, you did. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I did today. Yep. I'm on LinkedIn too. LinkedIn. There you can find us. That's where all the business folks are. And outside of that, I'm not hard to find. And www.dentalbusinessradio.com. We are on all of your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google. DJ John Ray could tell us more, but he can't talk. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Colleen. And until next time.